It's Philosophy Talk. I always said growing up was the neatest thing that could happen to a guy. Growing up is a pretty neat thing, Beaver. If you really grow up. Adultessence? Kidults? Twenteens? What is an adult? What are you going to do now? I was going to go upstairs for a minute. Oh, I meant with your future. Your life. Well, that's a little hard to say. Learning to be a fully functioning adult in a modern metropolis without your kinship group right next to you is an added level of learning, so it makes sense that there's an added level of time. Our guest is Ethan Waters, author of Urban Tribes, A Generation Redefines Friendship, Family, and Commitment. We're not wearing the fezes and driving in the parade, and you can count us. We are building a different type of social capital. Recorded in front of a live audience at the Marsh Theater in Berkeley. What are the trappings of the new adulthood? One word. Plastics. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. After the news. This is Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Today, we're coming to you from the Mars Theater in Berkeley, the Bay Area's breeding ground for new performance. No breeding in the audience, please. Our thinking originates, however, at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Welcome, folks, to Philosophy Talk. Our topic today, what is an adult? Well, that's pretty easy, Ken. An adult means you're over 18 unless you want to drink, and then it means you're over 21. I suppose you're going to tell me there's more to it than that. Well, we're going to at least try to move the conversation a little bit deeper than that because we're not so much interested in legal definitions as in changing social conceptions and psychological conceptions of what an adult is. I mean, look, you could argue that unless you know what an adult is, you don't really know what a person is or what a human being is at all. Tell me more. Well, go back to Aristotle. Aristotle said that to know what a thing is, Anything. You need to know its final cause, its purpose. Now, look, I could show you a corkscrew, a cheap corkscrew, just a piece of wood with a spiraling wire descending from it. I, you know, that would be you, I would have shown you the corkscrew, but you might ask, well, what is that? Because you, don't, you might not know what it's for. And then I would explain to you, well, what it's for is for removing corks from wine bottles, and I'll show you how that works. I should tell you that's what it was designed to do and created to do, and that for Aristotle was its final cause, and that's what it takes to know what a corkscrew is. That's really fascinating. Uh, Maybe someday we'll do a show on what a corkscrew is, and your er insights in Aristotle's will be very relevant. Well, look, look, but let's not diss Aristotle too much, because he can be a great help to us here. Because for Aristotle, Aristotle says that the final cause of a living organism, like a living human being, is the function that that organism normally performs when it reaches full maturity. And the former structure it develops through childhood, through immaturity, should help it perform these uh, functions well when it does finally reach uh, full maturity. So to understand what humans are, you're telling me, we need to understand what we expect from fully developed adult humans. Yeah, that's right. And now for Aristotle, that meant creating and raising the next generation, contributing to the economy, to safety, to the governance of the community. And if you were lucky, like you and me are, doing philosophy. (laughs) I never thought of you exactly as an Aristotelian. I mean, who gets to say what an adult is supposed to be like? I mean, we know who gets to decide what corkscrews are for, the people who make them, the people who sell them, the people who use them, but, but nobody makes, sells, 
and use as adults. Nobody decided what we're for. I mean, Aristotle probably thought God or somebody, but who's God? Or maybe reason or, or economists or philosophers or biology or the liberal media or Rush Limbaugh. Who gets to decide what an adult well, is for? Those are really good questions, but you know, I think Aristotle has a point that we can work with here. I mean, if you want to understand say what a given society thinks human beings are all about, then a good place to start is with what that society thinks being an adult is all about. So what is our con society's conception of an adult? Where does that conception come from? Does it come from biology, culture, or what? And how is it changing? Well, it's pretty clear that it is changing. I mean, when I was raised, I was taught that an adult meant, you know, you got a job, you fell in love, you got married, you had children, you become part of the community and you start paying taxes big time all in your 20s, starting in your early 20s, or in my case, late teens. Now, that's not what adults do. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, except for priests and a couple of exceptions like that. But that's not what they do. They don't spend their 20s doing those things. Well, so something's changed. So the question is, are these people in their 20s adults? I mean, they're not doing those things anymore. That's certainly true. They're living it up. They're having a good time. They're forming urban tribes. They're delaying marriage. They're delaying having kids. They're not paying taxes because they're not getting jobs. I mean, so are they adults? What are they? Right? Well, so now we're, we're getting to the core of these questions. Are these people like on Seinfeld or Friends? I mean... Uh, are they adults? Uh, do they get to be adults because we've changed what counts as an adult? Or are they just extended adolescents? If we don't have being an adult straight, and you and Aristotle are right, then we've forgotten what human life is all about. It's pretty depressing, isn't it? Or have we just changed the rules for making it happen? Have we decided implicitly with the wisdom that comes with society's evolution that 30-year-olds are better for doing what, in my age, 20-year-olds were supposed to do? Have we discovered new patterns of growing up? Or have we forgotten what it is to grow up? Well, our guest today, Ethan Waters, can tell us a lot about these questions. He's written a whole lot about this stuff, including a, a very fine book called Urban Tribes, A Generation Redefines Friendship, Family, and Commitment. He'll join us in a little bit. And we want all the adults, near adults, would-be adults, in our live audience here at the Marsh to join in the conversation, too. But first, our roving philosophical reporter, Caitlin Ash, asked two women of different generations about how adulthood has changed. She files this report. Adulthood has a way of sneaking up on you. Even those of us enjoying our 20s and 30s, unmarried and without mortgages, eventually realize we have become adults. And with adulthood comes responsibility. It's often different from how we thought it would be when we were young. Just ask any kid. What is an adult? Well, a grown-up is younger than an adult. It's when you get a job and learn how to do all sorts of stuff, like be a doctor. I'd say an adult is someone who is older than a child. And when do we become adults? When you're about 20 or something. I'd say about at the age of 13. Well, at 16 you can drive, but at 18 you can vote, and at 21 you can drink, so it's kind of those three ages. Um, when you're older. I became an adult when I had my first child, and suddenly there was no turning back. Lynn Kaufman is a playwright and novelist. Kaufman married when she was 20, fresh out of college. She got engaged her senior year, which was normal in those days. And so I had the diamond, which was very, very important. It was vital before I graduated. And for the unfortunate women who weren't engaged by graduation? Either they were 
to be envied as rebels or they were losers. Kaufman compares herself to her daughter, who married later and had her first child at 41. She did her growing up before she married. And I did my growing up within the marriage, for better or for worse. It seems few people get married so young anymore. Sometimes I think you have to be hungry to find a lasting commitment and decide to have family, and I think I'm maybe not hungry enough yet. Eve Ekman is a close family friend of Kaufman's. She's a 31-year-old PhD student at UC Berkeley and a social worker at SF General. She co-authored with her mother, Marianne Mason, the book Mothers on the Fast Track, How a New Generation of Women Can Balance Family and Careers. She says some of her friends proved to be surprisingly traditional, marrying around 25. But for the most part, Ekman and her social group continue to wait on marriage. But I think the people wait because a lot of people grew up in the homes of divorce. And with the opportunity to explore, why not? <laughs> Ekman says she's open to the idea of marriage, but she doesn't want children. I, I hesitate to say with a, a dear friend of the family here right next to me, because it's not something that is acceptable yet for women of my generation to say this. It's still expected, oh no, honey, you'll, you'll, you'll want them. In this regard, she's a lot different from her friends. Consider the popcorn effect. Kind of there's one kernel, one renegade kernel, then two, and then three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, and this is the effect I've seen among my friends with pregnancy. Um, I returned from a trip abroad in July to find out that five of my friends were pregnant. So does Ekman worry about losing friends to marriage and babies as she and her tribe grow up? She says no. Naturally, I'm not as interested as I used to be in what traditionally made up the tribe, which was going out at night and partying and kind of forming your identity through this um, nightlife. And as a grown woman, my identity is more about dinner <laughs> and hikes. Still, Eve Ekman relies on her network of friends in a way that Lynn Kaufman, who was raising two children by the time she was in her 30s, never did. And that's just one of the ways Ekman's life is different, for better or for worse, than women of her mother's generation. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Caitlin Ash. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.